And I welcome you on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in the 21st chapter of Acts, moving on to verses 23 through 26. On our previous study, we saw that Paul and his companions, about ten in number, finally reached the city of Jerusalem. The following day, they went to see James, the half-brother of Jesus, and the leader of the Jerusalem church, along with the church elders, where they report to them on Paul's third missionary journey. When they heard the report, they praised God. But after Paul finished his report, the Jerusalem church reports on a rumor going around Jerusalem that Paul is teaching the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from the laws of Moses. This, of course, was not true. But they were concerned over this rumor, and they want Paul to prove to the Jews that he still follows the laws of Moses. So they come up with what they believe is a solution to this problem. So now we come to today's study, verses 23 through 26, and Luke continues as follows. We suggest this. We have four men here who are preparing to shave their heads and take some vows. Go with them to the temple and have your head shaved too, and pay for theirs to be shaved. Then everyone will know that you approve of this custom for the Hebrew Christians, and that you yourselves obey the Jewish laws and are in line with our thinking in these matters. As for the Gentile Christians, we aren't asking them to follow these Jewish customs at all, except for the ones in which we wrote to them about, not to eat food offered to idols, not to eat unbled meat from strangled animals, and not to commit fornication. So Paul agreed to their request, and the next day went with the men to the temple for the ceremony, thus publicizing his vow to offer a sacrifice seven days later with the others. Thank you. 
These four men were going through purification rites. They were evidently under the temporary Nazarite vow and became unclean before the completion time of their vow, perhaps from a contact with a dead body. In some instances, the rites included the offerings of sacrifices. Such rites were observed by choice by some Jewish Christians, but were not required of Christians, whether Jew or Gentile. Paul's part in sponsoring these men would include paying part or all of the expenses of the sacrificial victims, in this case, eight pigeons and four lambs, and going to the temple to notify the priests when their days of purification would be fulfilled, so the priests would be prepared to sacrifice their offerings. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Any organization made up of humans will have its problems. The church is no exception. For anyone to suggest that there should be no problems in a church made up of Christians is not taking into account the humanness of people. The early church was no exception. Paul had been abroad among Gentiles for a number of years. Now he had returned to his Jewish brothers in Jerusalem. He reported to the leadership of the Jerusalem church all that God had done among the Gentiles in the West. While Luke doesn't mention it, no doubt Paul also presented at this meeting the gift from the Gentile Christians to help the poor Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. It may be that James and the Jerusalem elders, perhaps 70, didn't accept the gift immediately. They had to settle a problem first. Rumor had it that Paul, while abroad, had encouraged the Jews in the diaspora to turn away from Moses and from circumcision and Jewish customs, that is, to apostatize from Judaism. If these Christian leaders accepted the gift from the Gentiles abroad, then they were identifying openly with Paul's mission. This would jeopardize their work among their own people. Paul had a problem, too. If the Christian Jews in Jerusalem refused the gift, then the unity of the Gentile and Jewish church would be destroyed. The very thing that the gift was to promote would be jeopardized. Furthermore, the rumor was untrue, but how to stop it? So both the Jerusalem leaders and Paul wanted the matter settled. The suggestion of these Jerusalem brothers was as follows. Here is what they said to Paul. Do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men, join in their purification rites, and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then everybody will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. That's the suggestion. This would get James and the elders off the hook. They would protect themselves from Jewish incrimination, yet would be able to identify with Paul, and it would get Paul off the hook, indicating once and for all that Paul was not an apostatized Jew, but a loyal Jew. The plan was for Paul to take part in one of the ancestral customs of the Jews to prove that he indeed was a practicing and observant Jew and not a renegade. He would prove this by actions, and actions speak louder than words. Furthermore, the Jerusalem church would be able to accept the gift from the Gentiles, and the unity of the Gentile church and the Jewish church would not only be protected, but promoted. It seemed a good plan. 
Four Jewish Christian men had taken a Nazarite vow. This involved some expenses, such as the price of the sacrificial animals. It was an act of piety and identity with Jewish customs for a person to pay the cost for another's vow, one who was too poor to pay it himself. The suggestion was for Paul to pay the costs and then join these men in their final seven-day purification rites. At the end of the thirty days, the men would have cut their hair and presented them at the temple for their final seven days of purification and for the offering by burning of the hair. The hair stood for the life of the individual, so by offering his hair, the offerer was laying himself upon the altar. Paul was to join these men for the last seven days. Since he had been living among the pagans, he needed to go through purification rites anyway. The question is, was this an act of compromise on the part of Paul? In agreeing to the proposal, did that really violate his convictions? Knowing what we do about Paul, it is inconceivable to suggest that Paul would in any way jeopardize the gospel of the grace of God. He would never compromise the fact that salvation is only by grace through faith, not earned through any right or by any animal sacrifice. Two important things, however, were at stake. One was the unity of the church. Paul did not want a Jewish church and a Gentile church. There was only one body. Unity was a fact, and unity had to be demonstrated. Going through with the elder's suggestion was a small, insignificant price to pay for unity. Not only was the unity of the church in jeopardy, but two, the salvation of Jews was on the line. Paul wanted no unnecessary obstacles in the way of Jews being able to come to believe in Christ. He wanted to make it as easy as possible for them. He had a stated policy. To those under the law I become as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. He was willing to submit to the wishes of his Jewish brothers if that would make it easier for them to win their own people to Christ. The doctrine of salvation or of the Christian life for either Jew or Gentile was not compromised. Salvation as well as sanctification or the Christian life, was and is only by grace through faith in Christ, plus nothing. Many times I'm tried and tested As I travel day by day Oft I meet with pain and sorrow And there's trouble on the way But I have the sweet assurance That my soul the Lord will lead And in Him there is strength forever Abundant 
and free And what joy fills my soul Just to know, just to know That His grace is sufficient for me And I don't know what to do On my knees I turn to Jesus For I know He'll see me through Then despair is changed to victory Every doubt just melts away What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.